0: Amen. Hey, it's good to be here. Sorry to crash your party, grown folks. Uh, It is youth takeover night, though. I get the honor of uh, just basically, I'm not even, like, talking to y'all tonight, just to be real with you. Uh, So if an adult gets offended tonight, I'm I'm talking to the students. You can take it up with God. Uh, And so... Um, I just used the Bible, so if you're offended, it's, it's the Bible. But hey, I wanted to give you an update on Pastor Greg, Pastor Karen, everybody while you're here. I uh, talked to Pastor today. They're so overwhelmed with gratitude. They, he told me that they have been overwhelmed with Uh, in in a good way with people bringing food and taking care of them. So he wanted to express gratitude uh, on behalf of everyone reaching out, loving on them, all that stuff. Also wanted to give you an invitation to Pastor Karen's dad's funeral. That'll be tomorrow at First Baptist Church in town. It's the big one with the steeple. That'll be at 10 a.m., love for you to be there if you're not working, if you're available, to support them and to, you know, just gather around them in this time of loss. Obviously, we know that heaven is a reality for those that believe in Jesus. Thank goodness, but there's still loss on this end. And so if you can be there tomorrow at 10, I know Pastor Greg and Pastor Karen would love that. So I'm going to pray because what happens is is, is when we come over here, once again, talking to the youth, what happens is when we come over here, I hope the camera can follow me tonight, y'all get so awkward like right now, like half of you ain't even looking me in the eyes, like so weird because like we're with adults and you're out of your element, look, you're gonna, as a believer, we have to learn how to thrive in awkward situations, like that's like the whole thing, it's getting weirder and weirder, so like if you can't thrive with some other church people, you know what I mean, like the world's gonna be a real hard place for you, so I'm gonna ask everybody to stand up with me, please, I know, ooh, already making you work, I just want you to pray with me, minister to the Lord with me. Father, we just thank you so much. We thank you for your spirit that's in this place tonight. Lord, I just thank you that young, old, mature, it doesn't matter what age group we come from, Father, we're one in you. And so, Lord, I just thank you that your Holy Spirit is unifying every person in this room. I just rebuke the devourer that would come and try to take the word. Lord, I just thank you so much. We magnify you. Jesus, it's about you. It's not about any man. It's not about any person. It's about you, Lord. And so, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for eyes seeing tonight. I thank you for, for strongholds being broken down tonight. And, Father, we just thank you that you have permission to do whatever you want to do right now in this place. No restrictions. We'll just be obedient. We thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name. If you're thankful for Jesus, give it up to him. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. So glad that you're here uh, at the youth. We've been talking about keys of the kingdom, young people. I hope you remember that. You remember last week, y'all loved me. We are talking about relationships. We are talking about not being unequally yoked, all that fun stuff. Youth pastor's favorite topic to handle, relationships, because it's such a fun message that everybody loves. Don't get in relationships, intimate relationships with people that do not love Jesus. Running with the wrong people. Once again, I'm talking to the youth, but if it hits some of y'all, you need that too. Like it's in the Bible for you too. And so we were talking about that. So we're talking about things that prevent us from operating in the keys of the kingdom, in the authority that God has given us. So let's look at Matthew chapter 16. Get your Bibles out. Pretend like you got it out at least. Matthew 16:19. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples, but also to us since we are now his disciples. He says this, he says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. And so what Jesus does here is we understand that in the beginning God set Adam up to rule the earth. We understand that the devil came in and deceived him and took the keys away. And then Jesus comes back to bring the keys to us. And so what God is establishing here is, is that he endeavors for you and I. Our purpose in this earth is we are carriers of heaven. Like, we're the, we're the touching point of heaven and the earth. Like, the prayer that he had his disciples prayed on earth as it is in heaven, that was supposed to be the reality the moment the Spirit of God became alive on the inside of every believer. And so what he's establishing here is, is that you and I, every believer, no regardless if you've been saved for one week, like, like you guys last week, raise your hand and got born again, right? Give it up. Come on, give it up. Some people got born again last week. Yeah? It don't matter if it's been one week. It don't matter if it's been 10 years. It doesn't matter if you're 104 and you got saved at six months and you've been saved that long. Like, it doesn't matter how long it's been. Like, we all stand in the reality of you have the ability to to, to create the atmosphere of the kingdom in your world and make it look like heaven. You have the ability... To, to unlock things in your personal life and in the lives of those around you, the way it is in heaven is the way that it can be in the earth. You have the ability to that, that, that when things are all, hell is breaking loose, like you've been given the keys to lock hell back up. Like God says he will back you. But so many of us aren't, and so many of us aren't living in that reality. And so I'm talking about things that hinder us. And, and, and the first thing I had to go to was relationships because, because what happens is, is, is God uses dumb people to hold you back. And the moment you get on fire for God, you get in a relationship or you find a friend. And it's somebody that's, a, and, and, you know, I'm not saying that they're the devil. But I'm saying that they're being used by the devil to prevent you from doing what you're doing. And tonight what I want to talk about is I want to talk about what you're identified with. And this is huge. It's twenty. Is it 2022, Daniel? It's 2022. It's something. It's a big blur of years. And so it's, it's, it's 2022, and identification is a huge thing. And I want to talk to you about what you're identified with, because we're so quick to identify with everything in, in, in modern day. We're so quick to identify, uh, uh, for instance, for when, uh, young, young people. I'm going to talk to you all. Sometimes when you meet older people, sometimes you find out their political affiliation before you find out if they're a Christian. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all are like, I'm, I'm talking to y'all. It's really about, you know, okay. And so you, you're in conversation and you don't hear nothing about Jesus, but you hear everything about politics. And sometimes you're around people and you, like, don't even know what they believe in you didn't even know they go to church because they're more identified with, with, with the kingdom of the earth rather than the kingdom of heaven. And oftentimes our tendency as young people and in the society that we're in is, is that we're inundated with information and, and, and we got all this crap coming at us. And so uh, uh, we're, we're so easily identified with our problems and our brokenness and, and our, our lack thereof. And we're identified with our trauma and our anxiety and all these different things. And can I just be honest with you? What you identify with is what you will experience. What you identify with is what you will, pro- that will be your identity, and you meet people that are believers, and they know the scriptures, and they have, like, like is that not the Bible? Did I not just read, like, Jesus' words, if you don't like the Apostle Paul for whatever reason, like, that's Jesus. Ain't nobody arguing with Jesus. You have been given the keys to the kingdom. God says, I will back you up. Whatever you bind, whatever you lock up in this earth, if it's locked up in heaven, I got you. It'll be shut up. Whatever you want to loose in the earth, whatever whatever you want to let go of, if it's in heaven, if it's a reality of heaven, I give you permission to let it go. Like, that's in the Bible. So what's heaven got? Like, when I was a kid, you know, I used to think of heaven like an endless buffet of delicious foods. And this was the most beautiful thought, like I had about heaven. It's completely false and not biblical. But the more I ate, like the better looking I got. Rather in the earth, like it's got to be opposite, right? It's got to be opposite. The more drive-throughs I hit in heaven, the better I look. Where it's opposite here, obviously. And so, and so I had this, you know, idea. But what, what is heaven? Like we can get a glimpse of heaven when we look at Jesus, when we look at the ministry of Jesus, when we look at what He's about, and we understand like the garden, which was free. Uh, until the deception, it was the idealistic view of, of how God wanted the earth. And so we can see these things. So there's no sickness. There's no sickness. There's no hostility. There's no strife. There's no depression. There's no stress. There's no fretting. There's no worry. Like, like, but like all these things like don't exist in that reality. And so we've been given permission to unlock those things in our world. Young people, hear me, hear me so much. You don't have to be identified with anything that you're diagnosed as the moment you get born again. The moment you get born again, you got reborn, you got a new life, you got a new bloodline, you got a new father, you got a new family. Like everything became brand new and you don't have to identify with it. So stop. Stop identifying with things that are not who you are. There's one identification now. That's one identification now. His name is Jesus. That's the only thing I'm identified with. I don't want to be known by my political party. I don't want to be known that I'm a little boy from Manfred. I don't want to be known as my last name. I want to be known as someone who is identified with Jesus. Look in your Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's go there. Anybody turning in their Bible? Like, I can hear you. Like, I, I know. Like, you're not turning in your Bible right now. They got apps. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. number 17 it says this it says but he who is joined to the Lord it says, this is one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible because you could just literally sit on this this could be your devo for the next 10 years and you would still not grasp this in its entirety but he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him And so what that's saying is, is that the inside of me is Jesus. You understand that, right? Like I understand like for the religious mindset, that sounds a little like heresy. But that is what the Bible is saying. If you look at me on the inside, it looks like Jesus. Because it is. It is. And, and, and I know what happens. I know what happens is, is that we get to going so well and things keep going so good and, and we haven't had experience and we're on that spiritual high. And then we come back and we're in the real world and we're back around people and we get weighed down and we get caught up in things that we shouldn't get caught up in. And we get in this little thing called condemnation. And then we start comparing ourselves among ourselves and looking at where other people are at and just getting in this, just this cycle of, man, I suck. And what we begin to do in those moments, and we don't even realize it is, is we're identifying with our struggle rather than Jesus. And your identity will be your struggle. Listen, regardless of what you smoked two days ago, this scripture is still true if you're a believer. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't change it. Did not change it. Regardless of what you were dabbling in last week, like, like, understand, the moment you surrendered your life to Jesus, regardless if you tripped up, regardless if you messed up, there is grace. And grace does not just look over your sin, but it empowers you to walk free from it. And it is present for you. And so identifying. Learn to be identified with him. So what does this look like? Like, what does this look like Like, when I miss it, when I mess up, when I find myself, you know, in this, in, this, in, in, in a broken cycle and I'm struggling and I'm like, man, I just can't shake this thing. Understand that at no point, at no point, should my conversation to myself ever condemn me because God never condemns me. At no point do I ever get to, like, write myself off. Do you you know what Romans 8 says? Turn there. You can turn there if not. At no point do I ever get to write myself off just because I missed it because God still has declared in his word that regardless, I'm one spirit with him. But the reason that you continue to struggle with what you're struggling with and the reason that you're continuing to be in this cycle and the reason it's because you're beginning to identify and conform to the reality that this is who I am. This is, this is, this is what it is. This is what I was destined to be. This is how dad was. This is how mom was. And and, and you're casting off your actual identity, which is Jesus. You don't have a sin issue. Like You don't have... You, 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 it's not, it's not sin that's making you feel dry and, and, and keeping you in this cycle and this prison. You have an identification issue. Like you're not recognizing who he is and you're not realizing that you're one with him regardless of if you missed it or not. It is not godly for you to beat yourself up every time you miss it. It is not godly for you to hate the person that you see in the mirror every time you miss it. It's not The heart of the Father for you to beat yourself down every time you mess up. Like God is not—he's not turned on by that. Like that's not His thing. That's He's—he's not good with that. Jesus paid the price, and it completely, forever satisfied. It completely, forever satisfied. Your entire basis of your relationship is Jesus. It's Him. I'm gonna sound like a broken record tonight because all I really got on my notes is like Jesus. I got some scriptures too, but it's just Jesus. Because just as Noah was sharing, like we come into a relationship and we understand like it's by grace that we're saved through faith. And then for whatever reason, when we miss it and we we, we get in these cycles of just hating ourselves, condemning ourselves, beating ourselves up, and we lose the fact that our entire relationship with God would not exist if it wasn't for Jesus in the first place. You're so overwhelmed by that when you first encounter God. You're so overwhelmed by how good he was. I remember the first time I heard the gospel, like, I just, I, I bawled, and, and I was just, I just could not believe the almost too good to be true news that I was hearing. Like, God loves me regardless, despite. Like, it overwhelmed me to such a degree, but for whatever reason, the enemy has a way of blinding us to the fact that that never changes, the way that you identify with Jesus in the beginning is the way that you identify with Jesus every single day, every minute, regardless of how you acted, regardless if you missed it for a week, regardless if you got caught up. It's simple. You just denounce what you were in. You say, God, thank you for the grace that's already been provided for me, and you move on. But what you don't do is, is you don't rent out the, 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 your spirit, man. You don't rent out your soul to the kingdom of darkness and begin to identify with sin. And that's what we do: is we 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 rent it out, and we're like, man, I just I I can't shake the pornography. I can't shake I can't shake the marijuana. I can't I can't shake this. I can't shake that. And 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 we rent out a portion of our soul to sin, and we magnify that portion so much that eventually our whole house looks like it. What does Romans eight one say? Look look in your Bible because it says there is therefore now. You could read that in six seconds. You could read that in 12 seconds. You could read that in 45 seconds. You could read that in 45 years. It's still going to say, now, right now, there is no condemnation. That means God never sees me as unfit. God never casts me out. He never looks at me and says, you're not my son anymore. He never looks at me and says, you're not my daughter anymore. He never writes me off, no matter where I'm at, no matter what I'm doing, no matter how lost and broken I am. God never looks at me and says, Xavier, you missed it again, bro. I'm done with you. He never does that. Because I love you. I love you. That's why you had the coolest name, too. I'll pick on somebody else. I'm sorry, bro. Never, Sarah, does does, does God ever go, I'm done with you. Because your entire relationship is based upon Jesus. If you're one spirit with Jesus, do you think that God ever gives up and is done with Jesus? (laughs) Like he throws his hands up and is like, eh. No, absolutely not. Our entire relationship is based on him. Look at this. Look at this prayer. Jesus prayed. John 17, go here. What I'm trying to accomplish tonight is I want to accomplish ridding you of being so identified with your sin and so identified with your problems, because that's the trap of the enemy. It's that he convinces you that you are more righteous and holy by being remorseful and and constantly begging God for forgiveness and for him to change your heart and you're literally like a dog chasing its tail, like you already have been given all the things that you're crying out for God to do. You just don't have the right mindset. You are not identified with the right person. And so you're, you're, you're going back and forth, and you're struggling with w- w- whatever it is, and it's, and it's beating you up, and it's hindering you, and, and you show up to church, and you just hate being here because you feel guilty every time you show up. <laughs> hey, I told you guys it was for you. It's actually for everybody in the room, but they don't know that, okay? And you feel guilty. You feel guilty, and and, and you're stuck in this cycle. And the enemy, once again, he just wants you to cry and mope, and he thinks that, no, 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 no. God is more delighted when you realign yourself and identify yourself with his son. When you mess up and you're stuck in a cycle and and, and you're in a, a, a broken environment and you missed it, God is blessed when you say, I missed it, but God, thank you that Jesus paid the price for my sin. I recognize my wickedness, but I also recognize that he made me righteous, that he made me right before God, and I thank you for that. That's what blesses God so look at this. Okay, first of all, I'm not like college educated or anything like that. I got like nine hours of TCC. I don't talk about it uh, because that's actually more embarrassing than just saying you didn't go. <laughs> um, I took them in high school though, just because they were like free courses and I thought, well, I might as well because there's nothing was going on there. Um, but uh, I'm not college educated, but to me, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's almost like a bragging statement <laughs> at this point. Um, to me, if Jesus asked God for something, him being the perfect one, like I'm not, I don't know, he's probably going to get it. You know what I mean? Like Jesus asked God for it. Like since there's an absolutely no unbelief that was present in him. And you know, since like he like walked the earth like perfectly and without sin, like if Jesus asked, like he going to get it. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's no obstacle. There's no like, Oh, there was unbelief. Like, no, no, I didn't want like nothing like that. And so look at, the heart of Jesus before he's fixing uh, uh, to go through the cross, before he's fixing to take on our sin. Look at verse number 20 of John 17. It says this, Him praying to the Father, I do not ask for these only, but I also ask for those that will believe in me through their word, through your word. And so he's talking about you and I, that's me and you. He says this, that they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. And then notice this. I and them, you and me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Jesus is praying that the Father would the oneness that Jesus had with the Father, that we would also have access to the exact same thing. That we would be as one with the Father as Jesus is as one with the Father. Where does that leave room for any condemnation? Where does that leave room for any shame? Where does that leave room for for anything other than that? You and God, not based upon what you have done, that's the beauty of it, you and God are just as one in spirit the moment you get born again as Jesus. And yet, the enemy, if we allow him to, youth, will spend your entire life trying to convince you that you're not even saved, that you're not even born again, that you need to do it over again because you, because you miss it and you mess up. He'll spend your entire life pounding you and condemning you and making you feel like you just aren't that good and that you aren't that worthy. You're just, you're just as, as, as one with God as Jesus himself was. That's the reality, like I don't see it, I, I get it. Listen, you're in a body, like, like if, if, if you understand that, that your spirit, the inside of you is what became God-like, you understand like if Jesus's body was just like a vehicle that his spirit would drive, and it'd be like the Rolls Royce of bodies, okay? High end, it's perfect without sin. You and I might be more like a Toyota or something on the outside. You know what I mean? I would say, like, I'm at Lisa a BMW. This <laughs> is a joke. This is a joke. Thanks for laughing, Alex. Pity. It's bad when the mature crowds laugh and Noah and the youth are just looking at me. Uh oh. What's that mean, dog? What's that mean? Your outer man, your outer man is just a container for what's on the inside of you. The problem is that you look in the physical mirror more than you look in this mirror. The problem is, is you're not looking at what God says about me. Look, I don't, I, I don't care what happened last week. I don't care about what you're struggling with in this moment. I know, I know one thing is for sure, is that you, if you've been born again, you and Jesus are one. You and Jesus are one. So what's holding me back from operating and doing the things that Jesus did when I read the Gospels? What's holding me back? It's because Jesus knew who he was, and we don't know who we are. Jesus knew who he was, and we don't know who we are. He knew his purpose. He knew who he was. He knew his standing with God. He knew that it didn't change. He knew God always had his back he understood those things and because he understood those things like what could actually, what, I mean what could come against you if god can for us who can be against us could sickness could 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 anxiety like these things that are that are that are hindering us from being the 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 release of heaven in the earth which are so big in our eyes and yet they're nothing in the sight of god because once again he looks at you like he looks at jesus can I tell you, this is, this is just something that, that, that God put on my heart as I was praying. One of the beautiful things about being one with Jesus is, is that you and I now have the power to use the word no. <laughs> and I was like, it's good. I remember Pastor Greg always saying no takes you further than yes ever will. Working for Pastor Greg, I, I know that lesson when you get the no, you know what I mean? Uh, because what no does is when you're told not to do something, like it tests your character, like it tests the inside. Like when Shay is told no, you know what I mean? You see the real Shay because Shay is going to respond however she is on the inside. Like that's going to come out when you hear the word no. And that's not just for kids. That's for adults too. Your boss tells you no, gives a promotion to somebody else. Like the real you'd manifest in the no, not in the yes. Like that's the indication of where you're at. You get... You're on your track to getting what you think you want, what you deserve, and then you hear the word, no, you're not the one, that ain't it, no, like the real you manifest in that moment, that's who you are. And so Jesus, because you're one spirit with him, you have been given the ability to say no. And so when I begin to look at like, well, where did Jesus say no? In the wilderness, when he's talking about the temptation of the devil, when the devil approaches Jesus, you know what Jesus told the devil in a nice fancy way? No. No. I know this is so spiritual. This is so spiritual. Like, you have the ability to say no. When he goes in, uh, I think it's in in Matthew 12 or 13, uh, he just got done doing all these miracles. People are blown away. There's other people there that aren't believing, and they say, hey, do another miracle for us, like it's a puppet show. And you know what he looks at him and says? He says no. Actually, he says it way meaner. (laughs) He says it way meaner. (laughs) He says no. Why am I telling you this? Because you have the ability with the authority that's been granted to you because you're one spirit with Jesus, you're way more powerful than you've ever given yourself credit for. Ben, you have the ability to say no to anything that comes at you that you don't want, anything that comes at you that doesn't have Jesus' name on it, anything uh, that comes at you that doesn't have heaven's address on it, you have the ability to say no to it. But the enemy wants to convince you, like, nah, like you don't have that. No, you have the ability to do it. Why? Because you're one with Jesus and he can say No. Look at this. I love this scripture. I, I did read this one to you last week, but I know y'all can be uh, distracted at times, so we're going to go here again. 1 Corinthians 6. Hey, Clayton, do we have the ability to do keys over here? No. Okay, perfect. He's going to hop on the keys if anybody is <laughs> listening and can I unmute that. Usually it's we're at to you, so... 1 Corinthians, back to chapter 6. It says this, I love this passage of scripture because what it does is it, put the, it puts the ball in my court. And just to be honest with you, I'm, and this is a lot of people's idea of who God is, is people think that God controls everything in this grand scheme and, and that my life's horrible because God wants me to develop as a human and all these ridiculous things. Um, When you understand the principle of sowing and reaping, you know that's not true. But when you look at verse number 12, I love that the fact that I'm one with Jesus means I have complete control over my life. And so, 1 Corinthians 6, verse number 12, it says this. It says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but yet I choose not to be dominated by anything. I love this passage. I'm gonna say it again. All things are lawful, but yet I choose not to allow anything to dominate me. So what that tells me is, is that when we understand who we're identified with, see the apostle Paul knew he was one spirit with Jesus. He did write 1 Corinthians 6, 17 when we understand that we're one spirit with Jesus, it gives me the ability to not have any other master but him. I don't have to have any other master that I don't want. See, he says, it's a decision. I will not be dominated by anything. I will. Apostle. The Apostle Paul is, is, is not putting this one on God. He's putting it on him. I have the ability because I've been given the keys of the kingdom. And I choose to not be dominated by anything. I make a decision. I'm not going to let anything rule me. I'm not going to let anything prevent me. I'm not going to let. And, and when I say anything, we immediately go to drugs and, and all that whack stuff. I'm just talking about entertainment. Like I'm talking about distractions. I'm talking about work. I'm talking about. I will not let anything dominate me. I will not let anything outside of Jesus be my master. I refuse to allow anything other than the good shepherd to be my shepherd. And anytime you get that mixed up, like he's called the good shepherd because there's no other good ones. There's not another one. There's not like a decent one that you're like, this isn't bad. I can handle it. Like, no, no, no. They all are trash (laughs) except him. They'll all rob from you. They'll all take from you. I will not be dominated by anything. So what that means is, is that because I'm one spirit with Jesus, I have the supernatural ability to say no. What that also means is, is that I am responsible for the place in which I currently am living in this moment. Because God's not controlling everything. He's deposited the ability that's what he says, Montana. Is that not what it said, right? Like, I, if it's bound, if you bind it in the earth, it'll be bound in heaven. I will back you up. Whatever you say, whatever you do, when it's in line with me, I will back it up. Would everybody stand to their feet? I know. I just know that there's people under the sound of my voice that have been bound and I get it. It's so easy to just take your hands off the wheel for a little bit and before you know it, you're going in a completely wrong direction and you're somewhere you don't wanna be. And once again, it's not always grotesque sin, sometimes it's just distraction, sometimes it's just entertainment, sometimes it's just lack of priorities. But the truth of the matter is, is that where I'm living at in this moment Is because I made a decision. The reality that I'm living in. Regardless, you you, you might have had 450 people do you wrong today. You can't control them, but you control completely how you respond. And you're responsible for that. And I join in with the Apostle Paul when I say, I will not let anything dominate my life. I would not have anything dominate my life. And the moment that I realize that something is robbing me, something is mastering me, something has taken control of me, I will choose in that moment. You are not my master. I serve only one. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you so much. I thank you for every heart in here. Thank you for every person. God, I'm just thankful that you don't withhold from your sons and daughters, that you don't withhold from your people. I'm thankful that you don't keep things from us, but you give us access to all the realities of heaven. Hallelujah. Listen, if you're here tonight, if you're here tonight, and you need Jesus. You need to be born again. We have people that will pray with you. We got people that want to minister to you. I'm going to ask ministers, those of you that minister on Sunday, Noah, my leaders, if you guys could be up front be at, for just a moment after to see if anybody needs prayer. Listen, you don't have to walk out of here in bondage to anything. It's going to take your cooperation. It's going to take your authority. It's going to take you to join in partnership. But if you need to surrender your life to Jesus for the first time, if you, if you need somebody to come into agreement with you to break something off, you need a baptism of the Holy Spirit, you need anything, it's available tonight. Heaven is open. God's not withholding from you. Father, help us to see, help us to see that, that, that you have given us the power and uh, you have given us the authority over all the enemy, and your power backs that authority, God. And So we thank you that nothing can hinder us from God, not our own self-talk, not the devil. Not any angel nor principality. Nothing can hinder us from God. So open our eyes to anything holding us back from you. Open our eyes so that we could begin to identify more with your son than our issues. We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Hey, we love you guys. Uh, uh, Mature people. I would encourage you at this time, you don't always get to see the students. And so I would love if, if you would take the initiative and introduce yourself to some of these young people. You know, sometimes the kids can be awkward, you know what I mean? And so if y'all just want to, like, corner them and say what's up to them before they leave, they would love that so much. But other than that, we love you. You're dismissed. Have a great Wednesday.